0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Loyola University's Department of English, Course 293, Writing with and in New Media. Hi, my name is Paola and I am a student taking English 293 with Professor Hopwood at Loyola University, Chicago. Today, I am going to be talking about the Magic Lantern. Movies are my favorite. Over the summer, my boyfriend and I decided to get the AMC A list so we could watch all the movies we wanted to see at a cheaper price. The cinema experience seems to have evolved so much and constantly keeps evolving, even now with companies like Netflix, Hulu, or any other type of streaming services. I feel like we take so much for granted nowadays, though. I don't mean this in a judgy way, but simply as fact. We seem to just expect all of these innovations and upgrades, but we never seem to really investigate the history of these new medias. And when I say investigate, I don't mean film class or anything like that. The truth is that many of the medias we have now have been evolving for a very long time. I've done some research on the origins of image projections, and I think you'll be surprised at how far back we can trace when the people when people first started projecting images. The specific image projection that I really delved deep into investigating was the magic lantern. No, I don't mean the magic lantern like in Aladdin when the genie pops out and grants you three wishes. Although that was a great movie and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend doing so. Even as an adult, 10 out of 10 would recommend especially because Robin Williams plays Genie, and I mean, how can you hear that and not think the movie will be great? Okay, anyways, back to magic lanterns. The magic lantern I am referring to was invented in the late 16th century by Christian Huyens. uh, I'm not sure if I said that right, but his development would not have been possible without Italian scholar Giovanni Battista Porta's initial discoveries. Battista discovered a simple projection method that involved sketching a design on the surface of a mirror which was reflected by the sun onto a white wall or screen. It was actually the earliest form of slide projector. I think this is so interesting because it makes me think about the overhead projectors that teachers used in school way back when. Obviously, overhead projectors are not that old. I mean, I am 21 years old and I still experience overheads, but it's so interesting to think about how they evolved from this original technology. Of course, now we have different projectors that actually don't need to be on an entire wheeled cart. They can just be mounted onto the wall or onto the ceiling. But none of this evolution would have been possible without the invention of the magic lantern. So after Batista, there were a few other scholars that further developed this idea. In 1646, Athanasius Kircher, again, I don't know if I said that right, But he was a Jesuit who wrote a book in which he described several different projection methods with mirrors and lenses like Porta. Another scholar, Kerscher, projected a painting into a mirror using a magnifying lens, which enlarged the image on the screen. Kerscher also figured out that by reversing text and reflecting it on a mirror, you would make the text the right way on the screen or wall on which it was being projected. The history behind the name Magic Lantern is nothing out of the ordinary when we take into consideration the time period that, w- that it was created in. The name comes from the experience of the early audiences who thought they saw devils and angels mysteriously appear on the wall, as if by magic. Much like movies today, entertainment performances in the earliest periods contained images that moved except that those images were constructed by pieces of glass. By the 1700s, the magic lantern was being used as a common form of entertainment and education in Europe. Lantern entertainment became known as lanthorn shows, and some of the earliest shows are from right here in the US. Although the first magic lanterns were lit by candles, the source of light for lanterns in this period, oil lamps, was still weak, and as a consequence, the audiences were small. Luckily, in the mid-1800s, two new forms of illumination were developed, limelight and kerosene. These two means of illumination led to a a vast increase of lantern use. Limelight was created by heating a piece of limestone and burning gas until it became incandescent. This was a dangerous process, but effective. The light produced was strong enough to project an image before thousands of people, leading to large shows by professional showmen. Kerosene lamps, on the other hand, were not nearly as bright, but they were a much safer alternative. Kerosene lamps could even be used by children, and this led to widespread use in churches, schools, fraternal societies, and in toy lanterns. Finally, when the 1900s came along, electric illumination was a thing, and this spread the use of of lanterns even more. Lanterns could be found everywhere in American culture. Suddenly, there were hundreds of magic lantern brands, and different brands meant that there were just as many models of lanterns. The high-end lanterns, most often used by showmen, were the exotic triunials and biunials, which were three- and two-lens lanterns. The least expensive lanterns were single-lens lanterns and children's lanterns, which were considered a favorite Christmas present at the time. So, fun fact, you can apparently buy a good working lantern, big enough to handle standard, large format slides on eBay, for under $100. Children's lanterns can also be found on eBay, and they usually sell at about $50 a piece. The trick here, I guess, would probably be to search carefully and do your research so you are sure you aren't being ripped off. I mean... Why would you want to buy this old piece of junk when it doesn't work? (laughs) Alright, let's talk about the death of the Magic Lantern. Well, to tell you the truth, the Magic Lantern did not die in the sense that we may say other medias died. The truth is that the Magic Lantern really underwent an evolution, a death and rebirth of sorts some might say that the more evolved descendants of the magic lantern are the projector and the camera the first magic lantern projected still images then they evolved to moving images and eventually the camera was invented we could finally capture still and moving images and we could store them for future use it's really amazing how far these technologies we use on a on an everyday basis can be traced back i mean just think Without the invention of the lantern, we may not have pictures in movies and TV right now. We wouldn't have scrapbooks to fill with photographs of our most precious memories, and we wouldn't have smart boards to replace outdated blackboards in the classroom. I feel like it's so easy for us to get stuck in the now and we forget to think about the history behind everyday objects that help make our lives a little easier or a little more fun. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about this today. I hope you learned something new and that this podcast piqued your interest into learning a little bit more about the history behind the little things. This is your host, Paola, signing off for today. Thank you for listening and tune in for more.